Hello, everyone. The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by our mini helmet contest. The SGP mini helmets are now in the store, and we're giving one away for free. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. And lastly, we're also brought to you by our college football player playoff props contest. $200 gift card to the winner exclusively on the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone. This is our uh, official kind of last regular season uh, NFL week for the underdog battle royale edition we will be doing an underdog battle royale next week it won't quite have the same feel though we'll be playing you know we'll be playing with some backups i imagine um so next week we will be uh we'll be doing a little we'll be wrapping up the best ball for this week we'll be doing a a season-long wrap-up um we'll be going over the next week's battle royale contest but then we'll also uh be going you know we'll still be doing this podcast in the off season so you know i am the dynasty analyst on twitter so you know, for the next couple months here, I'm actually going. I think to switch gears here. We're going to be talking a little bit more dynasty on this show. We will we will be we will be talking some underdog as much as we can, and we will certainly be back with them in April when we're starting back with the best ball manias and things like that. Right after the NFL draft, uh, you know, especially May to Ju- to June and July, that is prime best ball season. So we won't be taking too much of a break from underdog. But next week the show will be switching gears a little bit and then 2 weeks from now yes we'll, we'll be getting into the dynasty topics season long wrap ups and yeah we really want to start diving into the dynasty aspects of the season but with that uh you know I just want us to first start off by talking about uh you know the best my best ball teams for this year you know last week I had a 75% of my rosters had Jalen Hurts on them so obviously it wasn't my week I lost on a good portion of my lineups last week I have a few palm Pomeranian Superflex is left with Josh Allen. I also have a couple puppies left, but yeah, you know, I thought I thought I had a I thought I was lined up for some big stuff, but you know, just I didn't have any um, you know, the backup quarterbacks that I had mostly behind Jalen Hurts kind of let me down a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, as uh, you know, Zay Jones, who got me through the first round, you know, wasn't really there these last couple weeks for me. So, you know, it was a little bit disappointing. Um, you know, just some of the people that I have most commonly on. My remaining rosters, though, are Isaiah Pacheco, Chuba Hubbard, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, and TJ Hawkinson. That's not entirely surprising. Evan Ingram, he was available later in drafts. So, you know, when he didn't produce earlier in the year, it really didn't hurt you that much. And then he really came through these last couple of weeks. So, you know, we could see some uh, a lot of uh, winning winning rosters with Evan Ingram on them. Uh, you know, just going toward next year, you know, I really think we're going to see a premium on the elite quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think running backs are going to take and tight ends. We're going to take a big hit this year. Um, I don't think you'll see many tight ends kind of going, you know, you'll either see Travis Kelsey go early. You'll see TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle probably go in the middle rounds. Maybe Dalton Schultz sneaks in there a little bit, but I think you'll see either we're drafting Travis Kelsey or we're going way later at tight end this year. Um, you know, I think uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes could be first-round picks next year, as we saw in those underdog battle royale, uh, or not battle royale, the underdog best ball resurrection drafts. Uh, that's where they were going, and that wouldn't surprise me to see that next year. You know, maybe it ends up being in the second round, but they really just do provide a premium over the others at the position, as we saw this year. Uh, you know, we we thought, you know, at least I thought uh, this year, you know, I, I drafted a lot of Jalen Hurts and Kyler Murray in that sixth round. 
And, you know, I always ended up really liking the value on that. So I didn't really get too much exposure to Tom, but I love Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford later on in drafts. I thought like, man, you know, these guys are going to be able to give you elite production. You're getting them in round nine and 10 instead. And that didn't work out at all. Uh, you know, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence are kind of mid-round success stories. Daniel Jones and Jared Goff in the later rounds have certainly been uh, very good as well. Geno Smith obviously has been fantastic. But, uh, yeah, we, we just see the Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen really do give a premium at the position. Um, the 2,000 running back, 23 running back class, though, is really going to change things up. Uh, you know, we're going to see players that, we're, you know, we could see – anywhere from seven to 10 running backs probably jump in the top 20 running backs this year, especially in dynasty, maybe not in best ball. Maybe that's misspeaking in best ball terms, but you know, in the dynasty running back ranks, it's going to have a massive shakeup. I think we're going to have a lot, probably, you know, at least probably five to six fantasy relevant running backs right off the bat next season. And from this 2023 running back class, and I think you'll see a lot more sprinkled in as well. The, the quarterback situation matters really, you know, you know, that's that's what another one of my big takeaways from these best ball resurrection drafts is that, you know, we just can't count. You know, if you if it didn't happen every time, but if you just avoided the players and bad offenses and with disastrous quarterbacks, you would have done. You know, it would have been a smart strategy this year. You know, not having to deal with Deontay Johnson's up and downs, not having to deal with DJ Moore, the up and downs of DJ Moore. You know, it, it's like the quarterback is the most important position on this field. And, you know, if you don't have it figured out, it's going to be really hard for the rest of, you know, to, for fantasy players to be consistent, you know, just trying to move the ball, you know, as far as number of plays you're going to be running, scoring opportunities, passing attempts, you know, it's just all, it all just funnels down from the quarterback position. So I will be really putting a premium on players with good offenses next year and try, you know, and, you know, players like Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, while they're fantastic, if their quarterback situation doesn't improve, I think we're just going to see more of the same as we saw this year. So, uh, you know, and I, just with the injuries, I don't think there's any reason, you know, I really had a lot more success with my late round picks, you know, like Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Jamal, especially Jamal Williams earlier in the year. He was one of my favorite targets and he really helped out early on. Um, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon, you know, I drafted a lot of those guys later on in drafts and, you know, they were probably, but, you know, these early round players, I didn't find, I, you know, I got super amount of exposure on any player that really drove me home, except for maybe Jalen Hurts and he got hurt last week. And that's my kind of my point being is that, you know, um, I'm not going to be overexposing myself to any early round players next year. Now there are going to be players that I like and I don't like, and that's certainly going to affect it, but you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be rolling in with any 40 or 50% exposure to any players. I'm probably going to be drafting in the first seven or eight rounds of drafts just because of injuries. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're really direct, you know, you're really, if you start doing that, you're really putting your, all your eggs in one basket for one player. And, you know, I did that a little too much this year. I feel like with Brees Hall and Javante Williams, you know, those are guys I really liked. And, you know, Brees Hall was looking like a really good pick. He got hurt. Javante Williams, I really think, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, I think really did him dirty. Um, playing Melvin Gordon over him, you know, clearly a better back. And then the, who they ended up just cutting later in the year anyway. So um, I was really big on them. And I think it really hurt a lot of my teams when I had a very high exposure to them and they went out in like weeks five and six. So next year I'm going to be playing a little bit more balanced in those early rounds. And then, you know, the players that I have really high exposure to are going to be players that I got to get a little bit later on in drafts. And, you know, just, uh, you know, one other thing I've been, you know, just think about all the, the drafts this year that you timed out in, you know what I mean? Gosh, darn it. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm very guilty of this, you know, like I, you know, underdog makes it so easy to draft that you end up, 
you end up doing other things. And then I, I come back and I check. I'm like, oh, man, oh, no. And then I come back and I missed like three or four picks. And, then, you know, just think about all those times you ended up getting three or four quarterbacks and you ruined your draft. And, you know, just think, you know, I, I, I certainly did that, you know, multiple times this year. So, you know, I'm just thinking about that. And next year, I really just want to buckle down. When I'm doing my draft, I want to buckle down and focus. I want to be, you know, you know, if I'm doing something, I, I still want to have my phone right here in front of me. Uh, I've been I've been messaging underdog a little bit about maybe getting something on that system to like really buzz and ding at you, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I'm just gonna be paying attention a lot more next year and hopefully having a little let be timed out a little less in underdog drafts. With that, we are going to dive into the best ball playoff contests that are still going on, the gauntlet and the mitten. Two before we do that, I'm gonna pay a few more quick round of bills really quick. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to include to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. Reduce juice on sides and totals for all bowl games day of. Great promos and odds payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100 limited to state availability. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com. So they know we sent you that sports gambling podcast slash W-Y-N-N-P-E-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject to teams, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Don't forget to enter the SGP mini helmet contest from now until the end of the year. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet to enter that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash helmet. We're also brought to you by our college football playoff props contest, $200 gift card to the winner exclusively on the SGPN app. And we, yes, with that, we will dive into the mid and two and the gauntlet to, uh, you know, this is these playoff best ball formats are super fun. There's a lot of nuance to it. There's a lot of thought process that goes on to it. And, you know, if you're a smart drafter and, you know, and you go in there and you get some practice in, you're really going to be able to take advantage. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, when I was doing these drafts, you know, about a month ago and a month and a half ago with the very first ones that they were doing, like the way too early best ball playoff contest, you know, people were really weren't even heavily stacking like Super Bowl matchups or anything like that. So there was a lot of value to be had in those drafts. People are getting a little smarter now. You know, as I've said in these shows, you know, when you're doing these playoff best ball shows, it's 10 rounds, one quarterback, one running back, two wide receiver slash tight end and a flex. So what we really want to be doing is each round of the playoffs is a round of the best ball tournament. So there are play, you know, there are eliminations each round of the playoffs. So we want, we want a really high, we want a lot. We want to be able to build a full lineup of players in the Super Bowl. So, you know, we want five to six players still in our lineups, even seven when we get to the Super Bowl four weeks in. So how do we do that? We build our Super Bowl matchup. So we want to be stacking two teams heavily, one from the AFC, one from the NFC, and, you know, and kind of try to guess what that Super Bowl is going to be. And, you know, it is a draft, so you're kind of, you're kind of subject to other drafters and what Super Bowl matchup you're going to build. So, you know, I always recommend doing multiple drafts, getting your, you know, building an optimal Super Bowl lineup, a lot of the ones that you, you know, a lot of the obvious ones, you know, getting some contrarian plays in there too. You know, just some of the ones that I'm, just some of the things that I'm noticing in the last week that the Bengals and the 49ers are going a lot earlier. Um, the Bengals were kind of viewed as kind of the sleeper. You know, they had some midseason lulls. They had some disappointing games. So people really um, were discounting the Bengals a little bit earlier in the year. But now they are right up there with the Chiefs and Buffalo Bills players right alongside them. Um, you know, I still 
Uh, you know, I still much prefer Buffalo and Kansas City Super Bowl odds, but the Bengals are certainly the third team, and I don't mind getting a lot. You know, they are still, you know, they're still at a decent price point. So I'm really getting a lot of Bengals and the 49ers too. You know, I think a lot of people were discounting them with Brock Purdy, and now they're they're you know they haven't missed a beat. You know that it, the wheels could fall off any week. You know, I always think that defensive coordinators tend to uh, perform a lot better with game film. So with Brock, you know, and so, you know, you have players like Gardner Minshew come in and play great right off the bat. And, you know, and Gardner Minshew is a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I'm referring to back when he, you know, back when he was a rookie playing against week one against the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, this first couple games, you know, you see a lot of instances that Taylor Heineke, they were like, wow, this guy's great. You know, when, when teams haven't had a lot of recent film on a player, it seems like, you know, it seems like they're less successful. And then, you know, as you know, people look at film over and over again, people have a lot of tell, you know, tells I'm sure. And a lot of flaws in their game that people uh, find and then they take advantage of. So um, I, you know, I, I don't know if Brock Purdy, you know, is the answer. You know, I think, like I said, you know, it could end up falling off, uh, off for him next week. But right now, I, I really, you know, if he can continue this, I think the 49ers are a legitimate Super Bowl contender still. Uh, the majority of Super Bowl stacks that I'm doing are Kansas City, uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati versus Philadelphia. The 49ers are the Dallas Cowboys. I'm mainly sticking to those six teams in the bulk of my lineups. And, you know, you're, you, you know, when you're, when you're stacking with those teams, you want to, in those first five or six rounds, you want to be knocking out all those stacks. And then, you know, you fill your uh, value picks, you know, you, you get your week, week, some week one uh, potential winners in those later rounds, because, you know, it's going to be tough because we're trying to build these heavily stacked teams instead of drafting the best players available. So, the people that do draft the best players available, they're going to have more luck in round one. All the teams are going to be playing. So we're just trying to sneak some teams through these first couple of weeks. Cause you know, I like, I've compared it a few times now to watching baby sea turtles, try to get it out to open ocean. See, we're going to, we're going to lose the smart drafters are going to lose a lot of their uh, playoff best ball teams in the first couple of weeks. But once we make it past the first couple of weeks, those teams that we do have in there, they're going to be in a really good position to win a lot of money. So, um, so, you know, those are the teams that I'm getting the most exposure to. So when I say that, I want to be knocking out all those stacks early on. And then to make up value later on, because, you know, we were drafting Gabriel Davis in the third round instead of, you know, players that are a lot more productive than Gabriel Davis. We can get Austin Eckler in the back half of drafts. We can get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown in the back half of drafts where, you know, and get us over the hump in week one, hopefully. Um you know, some of the players, some of the teams I'm getting some lighter exposure to in Super Bowl matchups are the L.A. Chargers, the Baltimore Ravens and, you know, Minnesota fits somewhere in between that tier one and tier two. Um, you know, they, they played very well this, this year, the, uh, the, but the point differential is not very good. Um, they've been impressive. They won a lot of tight games, but I just don't know if they are true Super Bowl contenders. Um, good. You know, there's. You know, one thing, another important thing that you have to deal with in these playoff best balls is the uh, the good teams are potentially going to have a buy, especially, you know, the Eagles, you know, have a very good chance of locking that in these next couple of weeks. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills and Bengals all have a shot. Uh, I tend to think, you know, Kansas City and Buffalo, you know, it's it's a real toss up between those two right now. Um, I tend to think Buffalo has the biggest shot just because I, I, I have them beating the Bengals this week. And I think if they beat the Bengals this week, they're home free. They're going to get that first round by. So, but K Kansas City Chiefs are all right on their tail. So if the Buffalo Bills lose this week, it will probably be Kansas City. So I know this means that if they have a bye, you're not going to be able to count on those players to get you through the first round of the tournament. And that's really hard, especially like, you know, I've done some Kansas City Chief and Philadelphia Eagles or Buffalo Bills and Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl matchups. And so, 
I can I only go five deep there because you're there's a good chance you're not going to have any of the first five picks in the draft, any of your Kansas City Chiefs or Buffalo Bills players or Philadelphia Eagles available in the first round. So you need to draft a whole first round team. You're going to need to draft a whole team in the first to be able to compete in the first round of that tournament. So, you know, that's when I'm drafting Austin Eckler. That's when I'm drafting Amon Ross St. Brown, getting pretty aggressive in the back end of drafts because I need, you know, I need a whole lineup to get me through. And I wasn't able to get, you know, all the players that I drafted in the first few rounds of my drafts, you know, they're not going to be able to help me. So that's one thing to keep in mind. And that's, you know, that's one thing that was a little hard for people to adjust to. And I don't think that a lot of people plan for. So you'll see a lot of those. uh, You'll see a lot of that. Um, you know, the Giants, uh, I, you know, Saquon Barkley in the back half drafts isn't isn't a bad idea, you know, a bad idea because, you know, it's a lot of unsexy players, but they do have a good chance of making the playoffs right now. You know, Daniel Jones is an interesting play. You know, I don't anticipate him. You know, that's more of like a last round pick. I don't anticipate him playing more than one to two weeks in the playoffs. But, you know, like I said, if, if you drafted Jalen Hurts in the first round, drafting somebody like Daniel Jones, who has a lot of upside, at, you know, in that last uh, pick of the draft is a uh, savvy move if you're trying to uh, get past that first week you know uh but, you know like i was saying earlier build premier premier super bowl matchup with your early picks and use player use late picks to get past late one uh you know we'll have a very good indication after this week who the buys are so um after this week you know if you're drafting buffalo bills and philadelphia eagles you know there's a good chance yeah you'll know that that's going to be the buy essentially so I've been hedging my bets a little bit, you know, if you can be aggressive with a two with Kansas city and Buffalo, because we don't know for sure yet, you know, you can, you can plan on Kansas city players playing week one, or you can plan on Buffalo playing week one, you know, especially if you're doing the midden where there's only $5, you can afford to be a little bit more aggressive with it. The gauntlet, it's a little tougher, but $25 ahead, you know, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to throw away too many of those teams, I should say. You know, one other important note is you have to have a running back for your Super Bowl matchup. You know, it's I always get caught up in drafting. Like, you know, I'm just like, okay, you know, I'm trying to build my Dallas Cowboy Kansas City matchup. Like Dallas Cowboy Kansas City Chief, Dallas Cowboy Kansas City Chief. I realize, oh wait a minute, I didn't get a running back from any of these teams. You know, that's another thing. You know, it's it, people are thinking about the quarterback. Like, I have to get a quarterback from one of these teams, but you also need a running back. Um, and you know, and it's really easy to skip past because because the running backs, you know, it, it's kind of easy to miss them in the middle of a draft or kind of early, you know, in those in those next like two to three rounds. So just make sure, you know, if you have a Super Bowl matchup, make sure you plan on having a quarterback and a running back from one of those two teams each way. So otherwise, you know, you won't you most certainly won't be able to start a full lineup and you won't be winning that big money in the final week. And uh, you know, it's just yeah, you won't be able to compete if you don't have a quarterback and running back. So, you know, those that's my main advice for the for the underdog uh, mitten and gauntlet this week is that, you know, just make sure you're paying attention to the first round by. Make sure you have a quarterback and running back. Make sure you're stacking and use those last picks to get some big time performers, you know, like the Austin Ecklers, uh, even maybe the Saquon Barkley's that, you know, can get, you know, when, like I said, when you drafted Gabriel Davis, when you drafted, when, uh, you know, Dalton Schultz in like the third, fourth, fifth round or something like that, you need to make up some of that value somewhere because a lot of people, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that did just draft the best player available and they're going to be in possess, you know, while they're not in best position to win money, they are in possess best position to get past week one. So I'm using uh, some of my later picks to get players who uh, hopefully can play one to two weeks, you know, and can get me maybe 20 to 25 fantasy points in those weeks too. So, and with that, we were going to go through our last set of ad reads before we get into this underdog battle Royale preview. And coincidentally, we are 
be going through underdog fantasy. I'm super excited to have underdog fantasy back as a promo. And we are super excited to work with them once again. And yes, with that, we are brought to you by underdog fantasy at underdog. The season never ends right now. You can play their weekly battle Royale games or even draft your playoff best ball team. They also have a ton of daily games for NBA and NHL. Plus when you use promo code SGPN at underdogfantasy.com, you get a 100% deposit match up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. All right. And we are going to finish up today with my underdog battle Royale preview. As you know, I usually like to start off with my games to target. I only have two this week. It's kind of an ugly slate of games this week. Lot, not a lot of high over-unders. Um, the first one I have up is the one with the highest one. Uh, Bears and Lions over-under 52. You know, this is this is for, you know, this is a bad teams that are kind of in a dream matchup here. You know, not bad teams. I shouldn't say that. The Detroit Lions have been playing very good recently, and they could be a playoff team. Uh, but, you know, just kind of mediocre to, you know, you know the Bears are not very good. And, but yeah, the defense is, are not very good. Uh, Bears ranked 25th against quarterbacks, 29th against running backs, 15th against wide receivers. The Lions ranks 32nd against uh, quarterbacks in terms of fantasy points, 12th against running backs. They're actually very solid against the run as of late, so I'm a little bit nervous about David Montgomery this week. 30th to wide receivers and 27th to tight ends. Uh, so it's really interesting matchup. Justin Fields is in a great position, you know, to, to you know, the, you know, he ha has struggled passing the ball, but you know, Detroit is one of the worst in defending the pass in the league. So it would seemingly be that Justin Fields is in position to throw the ball a bit more this week, but who's, who's he going to throw to man? Chase Claypool is impossible to depend on. That's the only wide receiver of note. This is arguably the worst wide receiver core in the league. I do like Cole Komet this week. Um, I do think he could, you know, in a soft matchup against the Detroit Lions, I do think there could be some seams down the field open for Justin Fields. And I think he could find Cole Komet on a couple big plays. We did when we did see them rocking and rolling about a month ago. You know, we saw multiple touchdown games from Cole Komet. I think this could be a big week for him. I like him a little bit later on in drafts. For the Detroit Lions, I really love uh, Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown this week. I think they're going to be fantastic. You can kind of pick and choose maybe another uh, line to produce, maybe like DJ Shark. You know, it's really tough to depend on DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams. I think. I think all you can almost count on – I feel like Jamal Williams is going to get in the end zone this week. I don't think that's going to help for Battle Royale, but if you're another DFS player, you know, maybe a cash lineup, or if you're in a fantasy football championship, you know, Jamal Williams, I tend to think, is going to get in the end zone. Drowned or Swift, I really don't know what to expect from him. This is a really good matchup. Um, you know, this is – the wor like they were ranked the worst from a lot of the season. They've gotten up to 29th, but this is still a bad run defense. And but, you know, we just know that DeAndre Swift doesn't get that many rushing attempts. So is he going to get passing work? So that remains to be seen. I have both of them as right outside of RB2 range. I do have Swift actually ranked ahead of Williams. I know I was saying he's a decent start, but I, I you know, I, I actually believe Williams probably has a bit safer of a floor. I'm kind of playing maybe a bit of a ceiling game with, with uh, Swift there. The other matchup I have is the probably most exciting matchup of the week. Vikings versus Packers. Packers rank 11th against quarterbacks in terms of fantasy points, 24th against running backs, 20th against wide receivers, and 10th against tight ends. The Vikings rank 28th against quarterbacks, 22nd against running backs, 31st to wide receivers, and 15th against tight ends. The Vikings defense, as you can see, is bad all around. The Packers have been uh, you know, stout against – I'm sorry, I think I said 20 – I believe it's 7th against wide receivers, so that's a little bit better than I said. So the Packers have been pretty stout against wide receivers this year. Given up a lot in the running game, this could be a great spot for Dalvin Cook to produce this week. Um, 
And, you know, I really like, actually, I really love, I really love the Packers offense this week. You know, I think uh, in, in GPP tournaments, you know, and play and even in the battle Royale, you know, Aaron Rodgers does have a sneaky upside. Um, he's not, he's, I don't even have him in my tiers, uh, but I do really like him as a DFS play. And I'm kind of just talking myself into it. You know, I'm probably going to do an underdog battle Royale with Aaron Rodgers in it, just one or two, just because, you know, I, this Minnesota pass defense has been so bad. And I think you could see a Christian Watson or Alan Lazard explosion this week. Maybe we get one solid fantasy, real solid fantasy point from Aaron Rodgers this year. Um, Kirk Cousins, I think, is also in a really you know solid spot. You know, I don't know if he's going to have 400 yards like some of the performances he's had these last couple of weeks, but yeah, you know, the Packers are middle of the tier against quarterbacks, so I expect a shoot at, and I expect both fantasy quarterbacks to have decent performances. We're going to dive now into the. Positional tiers I have for quarterbacks here. You know, I always die, you know, only one battle royale winner for the entire season has gotten a has draft has had a quarterback who didn't finish in the top three as a top three fantasy quarterback that week in their lineup. And that's not just for the battle royale main slate, that's for the whole week. So you need a big time fantasy performance from your quarterback when you're drafting him. So, you know, I eliminate most right off the bat here. Uh, I actually have I have uh, eight names here. You know that I'm considering this week in my battle royale lineups. The first one up here is Patrick Mahomes. He's going in the first round of drafts. He's going up against the Denver Broncos, who rank actually first against uh, quarterbacks in terms of fantasy points. But he, Matt Patrick Mahomes is matchup proof. He's a uh, third in yards per attempt. He's number six in completion percentage. He has number one in QBR. He's the MVP. Uh, I think he played fantastic. You know, despite three interceptions, he had a really good fantasy day against the Denver Broncos last week. He made some dumb, uh, not last week, two weeks ago, he made some dumb mistakes. But I think he's going to have a big performance this week. He is. I have no problem with him going early on in drafts. I did have Jalen Hurts up. You know, just you know, if he played, I think he would. He would be my quarterback too. I don't think he is though. Uh, he was the quarterback one, quarterback two, and quarterback one in his last three performances. I expect we see Gardner Minshew again this week. But Jalen Hurts. Would have been in a very good position if he uh, did play this week. Uh, Justin Fields is my next man up. He has going in the second round of underdog drafts. He is in a fantastic spot against the Detroit Lions, who ranked 32nd against uh, his yeah dead last uh, for teams against fantasy quarterbacks. He is um, prior to last week he had 80 rushing yards in seven and in six, six of eight games, seven straight top seven quarterback performances. And only six per, six interceptions in eleven games. He's he's been taking care of the football. Um, so and last week was a but last week was tough. You know Buffalo Bills. That was a, you know that was the weather. Uh, no wide receivers to throw to. I think it was going to be tough for Justin Fields to produce last week. I think we get we get to see him break get back to it. He's been uh, producing it in the running game as both designed runs and you know plays that were designed passes that where he just took off. So that's really good to see. I don't you know. I, I don't know if we see even a 200-yard passing game, but, you know, it actually is in his range of outcomes against a really poor Detroit Lions passing defense. So I really like Justin Fields this week. I think he could finish as the quarterback one. I think we do see between 70 and 80 yards rushing, probably a couple touchdowns. So Justin Fields is in a really good spot this week, and you can go um, – you can you don't have to stack him. Um, a lot – you know, the, the vast majority of Battle Royale winners have stacked their quarterback. So, you know, that's always – you know, that's important. But Justin Fields is one of those where it's not very necessary. You know, Cole Komet is a good late round pick. I don't, I don't mind swinging that direction, but I definitely am not uh, using any of the wide receivers this week. Kirk Cousins is 
my fourth player I have. Uh, he has an ADP of 31.5. He's going all the way in the back end of drafts. Uh, he is a uh, number number three in the Vikings are number three in pass plays per game. Uh, he's number three in passes made under duress. So he, you know, Vikings have given up, uh, you know, have been giving up some heat on him. So, and he's been playing very well regardless. And he is number 10 in, or he's number 11 in fantasy points per game. So, and Kirk Cousins has been playing really well recently. He's been, he's been on fire. So I really like uh, Kirk Cousins in a good spot in the shootout this week. You know, I think especially given the other kind of quarterbacks around the league, I think he is about as dependable as it gets. Trevor Lawrence is my next one up. I have him behind Kirk Cousins, and I might actually probably I'm probably going to move him behind Justin Herbert, just given the reports that Jaguars might not be fully invested in this game. You know, it's kind of meaningless. They're going to save up uh, for the Tennessee Titans next week. So Tre Trevor Lawrence might not see a full complement of snaps. He might only play a half. They might play a call a more conservative game plan, given that he's still nursing a toe injury. So, but Trevor Lawrence has been fantastic, though. He's he's been the quarterback one six and seven games. Um, he's gone interception free at six and seven games. Number seven in fantasy points per game. He's been really really good. And you know, I just want to shout out player profiler Matt Kelly for all these stats. You know that you know they they allow everyone just an access to a plethora of you know important uh, whether it be target separate you know target separation or target share or a dot or anything like that. It's all can be found at player profiler. So I just like to give them a shout out every episode too. I really appreciate it. But yeah, just Trevor Lawrence has been very good. It has nothing to do with him. The Houston defense has actually been pretty tough against the past year, but I think it's more to do uh, with the, the fact that they're so bad against the run and they're going to be missing uh, one of their best cornerbacks this week. So I, I would have liked Trevor Lawrence a lot if the game meant a lot to him, but I'm beginning to drop him down my rankings a bit. Uh, Justin Herbert, ADP is going in the fifth round of drafts. Uh, man, he's number 27 in yards per attempt. Uh, he's 15th in fantasy points per game, but sixth in expected fantasy points per game. So he just has not been performing as well as as we, we thought he would. He's been a little inconsistent, but he's number one in money throws. He's, he's still making these fantastic jaw-dropping plays. You know, he, he's very similar to Patrick Mahomes in the sense that he makes plays that not, not anybody else in the NFL could make. But, uh, yeah, you know, this isn't, a, this isn't a fantastic matchup, but, you know, the L.A. Rams are kind of, you know, they're just waiting for the season to end, too. You know, it's kind of been a tough year for them. Uh, Baker Mayfield could push Justin Herbert. I just don't know if Justin Herbert has the ceiling that we're looking for in a battle royale. Like I, I like Justin Herbert this week. I think he could have a good week. I just don't know if top three is in his range of outcomes. I'm still grabbing him up in a draft or two, especially if I end up with Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. And in my last tier here, the last two names I have up are Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers. They are both going in the last round of drafts. Uh, Jared Goff has been rel you know, relatively speaking, he's been on fire lately. Uh, you know, he's been a uh, top five quarterback in three of the last five weeks, multiple touchdowns in four or five games, interception free in seven straight games. He's been playing really well, playing very smart. Jared Goff is uh, playing like he wants to be a starting quarterback in this league next year. And, you know, it's probably going to be for the Detroit Lions next year. So good for Jared Goff. I'm happy to happy for him. Uh, you know, he's, he's proven that he is probably a top 32 quarterback in this league. And I, yeah, he's in a really good spot against Chicago this week. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know if Jared, you know, it's tough. You know, I have them down here as like you know, in DFS on DraftKings and FanDuel, it's based on price. So, you know, I, I I really like Jared Goff at his price compared to Patrick Mahomes. And I really like Jared Goff at his price compared to Patrick Mahomes here. But, you know, can Jared Goff finish as a top three fantasy quarterback? He's he's gotten pretty darn close recently a lot. So, yes, it is possible. Likely, 
Maybe not. Uh, so I have him down here. Um, Aaron Rodgers, another great matchup. Minnesota, one of the worst against the Pats. Um, you know, he is 20th in fantasy points per game, 24th in expected fantasy points. So, yeah, he's actually outperforming his expectations, uh, his very poor expectations to this point in the year. So, I, you know, I, I really – once again, it's kind of like Jared Goff. Do I think Aaron Rodgers can finish as a top three quarterback this week? Probably not, but it is a great matchup. And, man, if it's going to happen any week for him, it's this week. Uh, next up, I have the tight ends. So I do the same thing with tight ends. The vast majority of Battle Royale winners have had a top three tight end in their lineup as well. So we can eliminate most of the tight ends right off the bat. I have Travis Kelsey in a tier by himself against the Denver Broncos. Um, he's been a little bit of a lull lately, many lull for him, tight end four, tight end 14, tight end nine, tight end four, and tight end six over the last five weeks. As you can see, no top three performances and some, uh, even a tight end two performance in there. Uh, but he's still the best, you know, I think he's going to have a big week against the Denver Broncos this week. So he's my number one. I have no problem taking him in with the first or second pick in the draft. Uh, you know, just don't do that with every single first or second pick that you have, uh, Christian, uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey was going there earlier in the week, but now I think uh, he's probably going to be fading a bit too, just due to the fact that uh, the 49ers might not play a full, you know, it's really interesting. The 49ers are in an interesting spot this week. You know, I'm, I'm going off on a little tangent here that if New Orleans uh, beats Philadelphia in that first game, then the 49ers would have a lot to play for. They, they could still end up with the number one overall seed. But, they, you know, they play in that afternoon window. And if the Philadelphia Eagles beat New Orleans and locks, lock up the number one seed, San Francisco won't have anything to play for. So you could see, you know, it's going to be really hard because we won't know. So, you know, you kind of got to guess and, you know, just get a, limit your exposure. But uh, you could see either Christian McCaffrey not play really at all if New Orleans beat – or if Philadelphia beats New Orleans and 49ers don't have much to play for. Or you could see full load, you know, going Christian McCaffrey, like, you know, we got to win this game because they still have the number one seed in place. So that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. And that leads kind of into my next player, George Kittle. Uh, you know, it's inter- it'll be interesting to see, like I said, if the 40 and how the 49ers approach this game, if they don't have anything to play for, they could just choose to sit these players. So I, uh, I'm, you know, I still like George Kittle as my tight end too this week, but I'm a little bit more nervous than I was before. TJ Hawkinson is number three. He's at eight plus targets in six of his last eight games. Uh, prior to last week, he had only one touchdown in 10 games, though. So hopefully we st- continue to see TJ Hawkinson as that end zone threat. He's in a good spot this week against the, the Green Bay in a shootout. Uh, you know, I like TJ Hawkinson a lot, especially kind of in that fourth to fifth round range. Evan Ingram has been on fire lately. You know, this is just kind of a question of whether or not we're going to see the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars try it in this game. You know, I, you know, I think Evan Ingram is probably a player that'll play anyway, but you know, we, we won't trust him with a backup quarterback throwing him the ball. So, you know, and, and it's just sounding like the Jacksonville Jaguars are not going to be fully invested in this game. Maybe they come out and surprise everybody. Maybe this is all just kind of everyone just kind of talking about what they think the Jaguars should do. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I know health is the most important thing this time of year. So I still don't, I still like Evan Ingram there in the fifth round. Dallas Goddard is going in the very last round. He did see 94% of snaps last week, though, and he does have a good rapport with Gardner Minshew going back to last season. So even if it's Gardner Minshew this week, I still think we could have Dallas Goddard have a good week. My last tier here, I have Tyler Higby, Cole Komet, Taysom Hill, and David Njoku. 
Uh, Tyler Higby had a huge week last week, 30 fantasy points, 11 targets. And uh, so I think that could continue this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield's been playing very well. Cole Komet, like I was saying, only passing target available for Justin Fields. So he could have a big week. Uh, Taysom Hill has just been involved in every aspect, double-digit fantasy points in three straight games, which is very weird for him that he's been consistent and not spike week. And so we could be due for a spike week here. And David Njoku has seven, nine, six, and five targets since Watson's been playing. Watson's play is improving. So I think David Njoku, you know, they, Washington is a tough defense, but, you know, if David Njoku, like if any tight end gets the targets, they're going to get you there. So, And lastly, we're going to be jumping into running back and wide receiver values. I do this a little bit differently because, you know, the, obviously the top running backs and wide receivers drafted in the, in, in the battle royale, they have the obvious top three upside, the top five upside that we're looking for in players. So I go, I, I look for value plays here instead of uh, ranking players in tiers. Uh, first one I have up for running backs is Travis ETN at 80 at, and going in the fourth round of drafts. He is going up against the Houston Texans. that ranked dead last in this fantasy points given up to the running back position. Shockingly, Travis Etienne only has a 5.5%, uh, so I'm sorry, 7.7% target share this year, but he is number five in breakaway runs. Uh, I, you know, this is it all comes down whether what, what are the drag Jaguars doing this week? Are we going to see Travis Etienne play? So, you know, this is one I, I'm not overexposing myself to Travis Etienne. I, you know, if this was a for sure game that Jaguars would be playing, I would love Travis Etienne this week, but. I'm a little bit more uh, nervous, so I'm going to be probably fading, you know, especially in DraftKings, Bando, I'll be fading this game a bit. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson going in the sixth round. Man, I feel like we have a really short-term memory with Ramondre Stevenson here. He's been fantastic this entire year. He's made some boneheaded plays these last couple of weeks, ha- had a dud of a fancy performance last week, and that's all it took to put him in the sixth round of this draft. He does have a 17.8% target share this year and is averaging, uh, you know, he's, He's been very good, yeah. Like, uh, it, it just all comes down to whether Damian Harris is going to play too. Uh, we could see Damian Harris, if he does play, he could sneak a few more of these carries. So I'm all uh, wheels up on Ramondre Stevenson. If Damian Harris is out, a little bit more pessimistic if Damian Harris plays, but he's still a value in the sixth round. Dalvin Cook, uh, he's going at, at pick 16, but I still think that's a big value here. Yeah, Green Bay has been susceptible against the run, um, especially in these last few weeks. He's, he is number uh, 12 in fantasy points per game, but, you know, he has been a bit up and down, but he's still getting all the opportunity we're working for. I think the uh, Dalvin Cook, it could be a big doubt. You know, we said it. I said the same thing last week, but uh, I'm changing. I'm writing it one more week with Dalvin Cook. So hoping this one's right. And the last one up here is Alvin Kamara. He's going in the last round of Battle Royale drafts. He has 41 rushing attempts over the last two weeks, though. He did have an 80% route run last week and was the RB6. Philadelphia, you know, they have been very good against the pass, but they've also been susceptible against the run. Alvin Kamara is, you know, he's, you know, he's getting a lot of rushing attempts compared, especially compared to any other time in his career. So, and we saw that at the end of last season too. So I know it's not typical what we see from Alvin Kamara. It's not, you know, it's not a 10 target Christian McCaffrey-esque performance that we know and love from Alvin Kamara, but I still like him this week, especially if he's getting that kind of running volume. The wide receiver value, I, I, Chris Godwin, uh, he's he's I, he's in my column every single week. Uh, he's going in the kind of that fourth, fifth, sixth round range this week. He's going at the back end of the fourth, 24th pick. Carolina's 25th against, fans, um, against wide receivers in terms of fantasy points. 
And just listen to this, like just Chris Godwin's targets this season, 10, 8, 9, 13, 13, 8, 10, 11, 13, 12. Oh, my God. That is ridiculous. That is double-digit targets on almost every single game. And, and when the ones he didn't, he got 8 and 9. It's just such a rock-solid, you know. We're not, we're not looking for safe in Battle Royale. Man, if we're looking for a guy, you know, man, what? how much is it going to take for this guy to get a double-digit touchdowns? A lot less than everybody else considering he's getting the ball. At, at least 10 times so i really like him he only has three touchdowns this year I'm, you know so i'm always willing to bet that that's in a, especially in a battle royale large tournament i'm willing to bet that that's going to change this week jerry judy 30.4 i know he's uh i know he has he's on the injury report but man that's awfully late against the kansas city defense that is horrible against opposing wide receiver ones and that's what, what jerry judy is now a little victory lap for myself i was a jerry judy guy before the season one of the few ones it just didn't make sense Jerry Judy was a way better prospect than Cortland Sutton. I, people like pretend like Jerry Judy is like this bum now. It's like he was a first round pick who was one of the people talked about being one of the best wide receiver prospects in years. And people, you know, it's just like, man, if there's a safe, the safest wide receiver guy who's going to be playing 10 years from now, it's Jerry Judy. I, I don't know if he's going to live up to expectations, but Jerry Judy's pretty good. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, 20, 20.3% target share this year. I think he's going to have a big, big week against Kansas City as long as he plays. Juju Smith-Schuster on the other side of the ball, going also going in the last round. He's been a little bit streaky, 11, 10, and four targets over the last uh, few weeks. So we could, you know, I'm I'm always just willing to bet with go ride with Juju and Patrick Mahomes, especially in one of these large tournaments. Uh, Juju's going to have these random spike weeks, and when he does have those random spike weeks, he's really going to pay off at his ADP because he's always going in the later half of drafts. I'm going with two Tampa Bay Buccaneers here. Mike Evans, you know, Camp Carolina. I, you know, I can give you more about the matchup. This is just a little bit more of a contrarian play. You know, I, I, I've been betting on it like in a little bit in a GPP tournament. I feel like every week and kind of in the same battle royale. But man, Tom Brady and Mike Evans have to figure this out at some point, right? You know, I know now it's only two weeks left in the season, so it's like it's over now. They didn't figure it out, but. Um, man, it's just hard for me to believe that Mike Evans couldn't catch a big touchdown. So I'm, you know. 35.7 going undrafted in most drafts. That'll be a unique play that not a lot of people will be on. And Garrett Wilson, he's going to pick 22. And man, if he if he picks it up where he did last week, that's a bargain. He's going to be fantastic for you there. So, you know, it's just the concern of, you know, Mike White not playing in a couple weeks. Can Mike White continue the way he was playing before? So Garrett Wilson, though, if they just get right, step right back to where they were, that'll be a huge value pick at 22. All right. And with that, everyone, we are going to wrap up this underdog fantasy football podcast. It has been a pleasure working with you all this year. Hopefully you won some uh, money. Good luck in your fantasy football championships this week. Good luck if you're in some best ball final weeks here. Uh, we'll still continue to be tackling, tackling this playoff best ball for the next couple weeks. Like I said, we're going to be doing week 18 underdog battle royale next week. And then it's going to be, uh, you know, we'll be covering playoff best ball. We'll be covering, uh, we'll be, I didn't mention earlier, but we'll still be uh, doing some uh, daily fantasy talk for uh, the underdog for their playoff uh, slates on Saturdays and Sundays over January and February. But we'll actually we'll be transitioning a little bit more into the dynasty fantasy football talk. So thanks for joining me. Thanks uh, for checking everything out this year and uh, good luck this Sunday. Have a good day. Okay, thanks a lot.